John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Fellow redeemed. You've heard the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. But what if that poem were about the day after Christmas? Or perhaps the week after Christmas? What then? Twas the week after Christmas, and I was still upset. I got none of the presents I expected to get. No tools, novels, DVDs, no gift cards, concert tickets, or high-def TV. The tree was still up though the nettles were falling. White lights on bare branches were simply appalling. The tinsel seemed tired, the ornaments dismayed, the reindeer were begging to be put away. People were cranky and pushy and rude. What jolted them out of their holiday mood? One week after Christmas, I had to say, thanks for coming, Christmas. Now hurry away. I suppose that will never become a holiday classic. But it still teaches an important truth. For weeks and weeks, we look forward to Christmas and relish every sign of its coming. Lights, decorations, colder weather, greeting cards, Bing Crosby crooning about a white Christmas. And then Christmas is over. And every day beyond Christmas becomes more of a struggle to maintain that yuletide spirit so that by the end of January, even the most festive among us are thinking, when will the neighbors get that manger scene off the front lawn? And yet scripture teaches us that the great truths of scripture of Christmas are not seasonal, but they are eternal. They are meant to bring hope and joy and peace and comfort through every season of a Christian's life, whether youth or age, wealth or poverty, health or sickness. And what are the great truths of Scripture, of Christmas? Well, there are many, but surely the greatest two would be these. The first great truth of Christmas is that that baby that was born in Bethlehem was none other than true God. John wrote in the prologue of his gospel, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. There are many religions who are quite willing to refer to Jesus as a good man or a miracle worker or a powerful prophet or even some sort of God. And among those religions... Scientology, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, a host of others. But their Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. From the very first words of the Gospel of John, John testifies that the Word was with God in the beginning as a separate person of the Trinity, that the Word himself was God, that the Word became flesh and lived among us, and that this Word... John 1.17 was none other than Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means that the baby lying in the manger, that 12-year-old boy who taught in the temple, 
that man who controlled storms and healed the sick and raised the dead, that poor, dejected, beaten, bloodied man who hung on the cross to atone for the sins of the world, that man was none other than true God from all eternity. Do we understand the importance of God with us, of Emmanuel, something that we see all around campus? If God is with us, what do we have to be afraid of? If you're afraid of something, have you tried this? Take a piece of paper, divide it into two columns. In the left column, write God. In the right column, write my problems. And under my problems, list every conceivable worry and trouble and problem that you have. And then tell me if there's anything under my problems on my side that can overcome God on my side? And the answer, of course, is no. I can't save that marriage. God can. I can't heal that disease. God can. I can't create that faith or change that behavior, but God can. This is the God who came to us in person that first Christmas, came willingly, came to suffer and die for our sins. And should you ever be tempted to think that God doesn't care about you, then remember who the baby was in the manger. And remember the extent to which Jesus went to save you from your sins. As Paul wrote to the Philippians, Christ Jesus, who was in very nature God, that's who he was, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, that's Christmas, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. But the second great truth of Christmas then, of course, is that the baby that was born in Bethlehem was also fully and truly man. Consider again the words of John. The word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. See, not only is the gospel about Jesus, but in a real sense, Jesus himself is the gospel who came to us in real flesh and blood. I once saw a cartoon of a husband and wife sitting at a breakfast table, and the husband had his face buried in the morning paper, and the wife was watching him carefully while nibbling her toast. And finally, she sighed and said, Marvin... Why don't you ever tell me that you love me anymore? And without looking up from his newspaper, Marvin said, I told you I loved you 30 years ago. Do I have to keep repeating myself? Every human being has that craving to feel loved, to feel wanted, to feel as if there is purpose. And God gives that to us in his word in Christ Jesus. But consider this, that when God really wanted us, wanted you to know how much he loves you, he didn't just send inspired letters. He didn't just send prophets and apostles. He sent his own son. If you doubt that God cares, look at Jesus. 
If you doubt that God is involved in your life, look at Jesus. And this God came not only to be with us, but came to become one of us, to share in our humanity. Just as the writer of Hebrews said, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. What does that mean? This is what it means. Because he shared in our humanity, there is not a single one of us who can rightly say, God doesn't get it. God does not understand what I'm going through. Yes, he does. Because he came here and went through it. Isn't it amazing that Presidents live in the White House, not on Main Street. And Congress passes laws without knowing what the laws will do to citizens. And commanders give orders without setting a boot on a battlefield. And yet the God who created everything that exists came to be with us and came to become one of us. Christmas Day may be seasonal, but... The great truths of Christmas are eternal. And so this year, if a week after Christmas, you find yourself thinking, "'Twas the week after Christmas, and I was still upset. I got none of the presents I expected to get." Why, just remember the present that you and I got that not one of us deserved. The gift of God's Son. True God. True man. And as such, our perfect Savior. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 97, verses 1 and 4. 97, verses 1 and 4.